Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, SmileEyeSports.com. Reach us, Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. Next week, Roller Auctions is having five auctions, over 3,000 items, including electric bikes, hardwood flooring, contracting tools, police evidence, and much more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Johnson Garage Doors, the best out there by far. I've worked with them, so has my wife, so has Bruce. They answer the phone talking about the owners, Nate or Brian. They show up on time. They have the best uh, equipment out there. They have the best parts out there, and they back their parts. They back their labor because they give you an extra extended, long, and I mean long-term warranty on all of the work that they do. And that's another thing that really separates them. They guarantee their work in writing, not for like a year or two years. We're talking many, many years because they know what they're doing is right. They know that their labor is great. They know the parts are great and they back it up. Show me another garage door company that gives the type of warranty that they do. And I'd be curious to know who it is. Go to johnsongaragedoors.com. That's johnsongaragedoors.com. Time now for the lead. The Lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. The matchup on paper was appetizing. Yep. When you look at the Nuggets record and when you look at Golden State's record. But if you dig a little bit deeper, the Nuggets are playing their seventh game in 11 days. Yep. And the Warriors are playing their fourth road game in six games, six days. And it looked that way. Yep. But you know what? Great teams find a way to win. The Nuggets come out and build a, a double-digit lead early. Here comes the bench, and the bench struggled. And the bench struggled big time. And Julian Strother, for as good as he was in his previous game, uh, he found out what Michael Malone's doghouse looks like. Yeah. Because he got yanked pretty quickly. I mean, you've got... And, and what was... Malone's quote afterwards, I'm not the Salvation Army. You got to earn your minute. Yeah. This, or my favorite was, this This isn't Halloween where I give away the big candy bars. That's right. You got to earn that candy bar. And, and you do. And that's part of the process of getting this team together early in the season. Think about the luxury of being able to do that when you have one of your best players out of the lineup in Jamal Murray, but you still have a guy in Nikola Jokic who can carry the freight in a game like this against a very capable Golden State team, albeit without Draymond Green, who still is, even as an undersized player, one of the better defenders against Nikola Jokic, certainly in the West. But be that as it may, how good is it just to have that kind of luxury where you can say to the big fella, hey, we need you tonight, and he just goes out and does what is necessary to win a basketball game. How big of a luxury is it to have a guy like KCP where you know he can score 15 any night that he wants to but doesn't need to? And according to NBA.com, KCP held Steph Curry when he was guarding him. Three for eight from the field. That's 37.5%. Oh for three um, on three-pointers. I mean, that's pretty good. Steph Curry was not a factor. No. Early on. Nope. But you know with Steph Curry, you're 
it's kind of like, you know, the hurricane is coming. Yeah. You better board up all of your windows because eventually it is going to hit. And it did hit later in the game. It's just the Nuggets were too good of a team. And when you really look at the bench numbers, the starters played a lot of minutes, but the bench guys still had opportunities. They would have played more. And I'm talking about Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, all those guys. Sure. They didn't play well enough to deserve the minutes. No, no. I mean, you know, you get, you need to be able to produce in the time that you get. It's all about trust. We talk about trust all the time. Michael Malone is trying to figure out who he is going to trust as the season. And, and he's able to do this. I mean, my God, they're eight and one. And they're still working on this very meaningful issue of depth with the second unit. And there have been some glimpses. We've talked about it before here early in the season through the first, well, now nine games, but through the first eight. We've seen some glimpses of things from the second unit that are encouraging. Last night, they just didn't have it. And I think that we're going to see that. That's going to be... That's going to be a recurring theme. The key is going to be who are the guys that kind of slough that off and can be counted on night in and night out, that are consistent, that can give 12, 13, 15 meaningful minutes. That's a real question for this basketball team. So it was great to see last night. You bring up a a point about KCP. He was just absolutely fantastic last night, and he did virtually nothing offensively. He gave you 10 uh, on eight shots, three for eight, didn't hit anything from three-point range, but his energy was being used to dog Steph Curry. Right. And so, and that's just another thing about the the nuggets that you got to love. Here's a guy in the starting lineup, and he knows what his role is in the starting lineup last night. Right. I want to switch this around sure. really quickly because we talked about James Harden in the previous segment. Usually you're better when you add players. Oh, Philadelphia is far better now that they've subtracted James Harden. Yep. They're six and one right now. Joel Embiid is having a year. Yeah. So o- far, so already. good. Right. He's averaging 32 points a game, 11 rebounds. But get this six assists mm. a game. Mm. They are a better team without James Harden. And since James Harden has gone to the Clippers, he's played two games. How have they done? Clippers have lost both of those games. No way. I think the best strategy for the Clippers moving forward is to load manage. And I say that not even half-jokingly. When you have four players like that, sit two of the guys so the other two guys can get all the shots they want to. So how would you do it? Would you do it? Who would you pair uh, Kawhi with on the load management? Russ? Yeah, probably. Probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. So load manage with okay, you guys take the night off. Right. Oh, and okay, so Harden, you know, you and Paul George are the guys tonight. Right. Uh, it, it may it, the problem it might is, not be a really bad idea to be honest. Yeah, the problem is when you get to the playoffs, you're gonna sure. want to play all four, but the problem is the four guys will not have played together right that much. You know what? I'm not a Joel Embiid guy. Um, I don't like the way he whines and complains. But you know what? Good for him. Oh, he's a baller. He can play. No, no, I know he can. But I don't like the whining that I want the no, MVP I, I and all that stuff. Yeah. But you know what? Good on him that he is having success 
as the man. He doesn't have to fight for time, in theory, with James Harden, who's as selfish as it gets. Now, James Harden is the Clippers' problem. And they, they were so reticent to trade him. Joel Embiid is a better player without James Harden. The Sixers are a better team without James Harden. Good for Joel Embiid. Do I think he's a do, do I think he's better than Jokic? No. no. Do I think he's a better all over all around player than Jokic? Yeah, because you got to throw in the defense. He's still averaging over two blocks a game. Hmm. But the Sixers are having success without James Harden. Good on them. And as for Jokic, you only had five assists yesterday. He had one assist in the first half. Yeah. Because guys weren't hitting shots. Yeah, I mean, so when you see your guys not hitting shots, I mean, think about that for a second. When you're a willing passer and your guys aren't hitting shots, it's pretty quite a luxury to have a guy who can now just start hitting shots. Yeah. And he didn't have a great shooting night. Well, he didn't have a great three-point shooting night. No. He was really good inside the arc. Yeah, he's always good inside. I mean, I mean, he just he's just a yeah. great shooter. Coming up after the break. Broncos take on the Bills on Monday night. Our longtime friend now covers the Bills in Buffalo for the Denver Post. Or excuse me, for the Buffalo News. We know him from the Denver Post. Ryan O'Halloran joins us next. And he wrote a very interesting article in the Buffalo News. I am curious to know how this headline went over in Western New York. The Bills' identity has been established. They're an also ran in the AFC. Ryan is next. With a pink carnation and a pickup truck. But I knew I was out of luck the day the music died. I started singing bye bye, Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. Them good old boys. Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman next week. Roller Auctions. They're having five auctions with over 3,000 items, including electric bikes, hardwood flooring, contracting tools, police evidence, and more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. In the meantime, if you're looking to have a great time this weekend, highly recommend you go to Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. I absolutely love that place. Of course, they have the NFL Sunday ticket. And what drink specials do they have? Two-for-one Bud Light drafts all day. NFL Sunday, of course, they have the Amazon game tonight, which is going to be a real thriller. Uh, it's going to be the Panthers against the Bears. Should be a fun one to watch. Bum bum. But although you know, although every now and then, really crappy yeah. matchups yeah. on paper end up actually being a pretty good game the, on field. The game's going to start at six fifteen. It's still part of their happy hour, which is three until seven, yeah. which is two for one on all wine, well, and drafts. So they do that every day of the week. So if the game is as bad as many of us anticipate it is likely going to be, at least for 45 minutes, you get two for one on all wine, well, and drafts. Well, you might need two for one to get through that game. 
Yes. And by the way, free pool every weekday until 5 p.m. They have a pool hall, not a pool table. 15 pool tables at Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Paramount Siding and Windows. Paramount Siding and Windows, it's quality in everything they do. Find them at ParamountSidingAndWindows.com. All right, let's go out to the hotline. I want to bring in a longtime friend of ours, Ryan O'Halloran. Buffalo Bills beat writer for the Buffalo News. And, of course, you know him for being the Broncos beat writer for the Denver Post. With that, good morning, Ryan. How are you? It's always good to visit with you. I hope you're doing well. Uh, Doing very well. The one thing that I always enjoyed about your work with the Denver Post was you were never afraid to pull punches. And, man, did you lay out a haymaker in your latest article in the Buffalo News. This is the title. The Bills' identity has been established. They are an also-ran in the AFC. What kind of reaction are you getting in Western New York with that headline? Well, it's uh, the fan reaction is mostly, almost exclusively agreement. I mean, they want to hedge the role. And, you know, a different role here in Buffalo than Denver in terms of, I write a lot more columns. So as Vic Fangio told me this summer in Miami, you're the Mark Kizla of Buffalo. So, uh, so so I can I can uh, fire away a little bit more often. Uh, right now, this team should not complain about what's being written about them because they don't have a leg to stand on. They are eighth place in the AFC. They are uh, two and three in their last five after a three and one start, and they are searching. And they got to figure it out in a hurry, like these next two games, because then the schedule really picks up again. Ryan, Josh Allen made such a huge jump from season one to season two, became a very accurate quarterback when I think that that was probably the biggest question about him at the next level. Um, But where is he now, do you think, a few years in? um, Because this is a guy that had an incredible amount of promise, can still lay out huge games for a football team, but has been wholly inconsistent, really, for most of this season. And the one thing about Josh, and I realized this last year when I got here, is his turnovers are doozies. Yeah. Being, being red zone the other night, backed up. You're basically giving the uh, Cincinnati offense a, a, you know, a, a free shot at the end zone. And his numbers this year, he's, he's completing 72% of his passes, all right? He's fourth in the league in, in yards, tied for second touchdowns, but also tied for first in interceptions. There's a story with every interception. I get it. But I think Josh needs to get back to a little bit of the stuff he did early in his career was quarterback power, quarterback keepers around the edge, some RPO game, some quicker things on the passing game, just to, just to get some chunks of yardage so they're not chasing the game like they have been the last couple of weeks. But I mean, this is a big stretch for Josh Allen. Um, everybody wants to know why aren't you the same quarterback from when Brian Dayball was here as the offensive coordinator? Well, you know, Dayball's the head coach now. He wasn't going to stay. So it's up to, it's up to Allen and Ken Dorsey, the play caller to, to figure out, okay, how can this offense be effective um, outside of throwing it to Stefan Diggs and, and now uh, Dalton Kincaid? What is the difference between his play under Dayball and Ken Dorsey? And can you, maybe find something in there that makes you believe maybe Dayball did something that brought out the best in Josh Allen and Ken Dorsey, who was the quarterback's coach at the time, maybe is not able to do? 
Well, you know, Dayball uh, is exit predates my arrival, but from what you what you've heard around since then, and Brian Dayball is a universally popular person in this town because he grew up here mm-hmm. and he had success here. So, uh, you know, I think Dayball is a totally different personality than Dorsey in terms of Brian gonna, gonna is not going to pull any punches. He's going to coach you hard, and as a young quarterback, that's what Allen needed. That's how he was going to get better. That's how we did get better. Now you promote quarterback, coach, offensive coordinator. That's a different kind of relationship. That said, Ken Dorsey's numbers last year were better than Brian Dayball two years ago. Through four games this year, they were averaging nearly 40 points a game. So I think Ken is being um, probably over-criticized, but that's the way it goes when, when your offense isn't producing a lot of points. I don't think I just, they're, they're not good enough at running back right now. Uh, they're not good enough after the number one receiver. And, I, you know, the protection has broken down a little bit, but that, that, that happens when you have to become one-dimensional. Ryan, Von Miller is loved virtually anywhere that he goes because he's, well, Von Miller. How has he played out in the court of public opinion in Buffalo, especially with, obviously, a uh, injury-challenged start to this season? It's been a non-factor. Yeah. And that's a concern for the Bills because – you know, they were banking on um, him coming back and, and, and picking up his form. You know, they activated him week five, so he had a quiet, you know, week five, week six, week seven. Well, they sort of sold it as, hey, him playing a little bit is better than him practicing and being exclusively getting ready like that. Okay, then Cincinnati should have been, after a long week, should have been a, you know, sort of a turning point game. It wasn't. He missed a tackle on the last third down. So the Bills are waiting for Vaughn to – you know, really regain some of the pass rushing ability he had pre-ACL. But let's face it, you're in the mid-30s now. It comes back from ACL is a lot different than when he did it in Denver in his mid-20s. So if, if the, the Bills say they're not concerned, but um, they should be. We are talking with Ryan O'Halloran. He uh, covers the uh, Bills for the uh, Buffalo News. Of course, you remember him with the Denver Post when he used to cover the Broncos. The term must win is is incredibly overused and you can make the case for what we are dealing with here a three and five team they certainly need to win if they have any hopes of trying to get back in the playoff picture but i could easily make the case and maybe either want to make it for me or disagree you've never been one to disagree which is why i enjoy having you on the show the bills have to win this game and i don't even think it's an option because when i look at their schedule coming up at least in their next four games following the Broncos, I don't see a lot of wins. They have to play the Jets again, who they lost to. Then they have a game against Philadelphia in Philly. Then they have a game against the Chiefs in Kansas City. And then they come back home to play Dallas. If they don't beat the Broncos and they're 5-5, five and five, they, they might be very well uh, your headline, which are also Rams in the AFC. Yes, no? Oh, 100%, this is a must-win for the Bills. And because you mentioned it, after the Bill, after the Broncos at home, then you have the Jets at home. The Jets have given Josh Allen headaches for a couple of years now with, with, with turnovers. So that's, that's not going to be an easy game. So they got to get these next two so they can go to Philadelphia at 7-4. and four. And then, then you mentioned the schedule. They're not going to be favored at Philly. They're not going to be favored at Kansas City. I don't think they should. They shouldn't be favored at home against Dallas. But so yeah. So this is this is a you know if you had to like okay which is this 
a bigger must-win for the Broncos or the Bills, I say 100% the Bills. Ryan, where is the championship window in Buffalo now? Did they miss it, or is it just kind of a much smaller crack right now? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's 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 open to a crack because I think as long as you have the quarterback healthy, he can carry a team and get you in get you into the playoffs, and then 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 a lot of things can happen. This was the, the the Bills know they have to reset their cap after the season because they went all in last year with Miller. They've gone all in this year in terms of spreading out some money to future years. You know, so they're hoping that the short term glory of a Super Bowl would ease the long-term pain of having to cut guys to create cap space next year. So if they can, uh, if they come through this window with no Super Bowl appearances and only one AFC championship game appearance, then that, then that, then that come up short, you know, cause next year will be a transition year. But uh, I think it's, it's always, it's always a little bit open when, when you have Allen at the peak of his powers and, and when he is playing well, but it's it's there's going to be some tough sledding here in future years. Hmm. Um, looking at Stephon Diggs from the outside looking in and way on the outside looking in from Denver, uh, there seemed to be some problems with Stephon Diggs. Was Diggs the problem, or for what he was chirping about, did he have a point? Well, he'll never say what he was upset about. Uh, so you have to read between the body language and read between the non-words and. Um, you know, was it? He says it wasn't the play calling last year, but I give Diggs credit. First day of training camp, he answered every question for 20 plus minutes and trying to say, "Hey, moving on from that." He's been a model player so far. First in the league and catches a seven. Um, and I think at the beginning, the middle, the end of the day, if you're Stefan Diggs, your goal is to win a Super Bowl. Find me a better situation than playing for with Josh Allen. There's probably not one out there with a team that's willing to pay you what you're making and give up what it would take to get you. So not to say he's stuck in Buffalo, but Diggs should dig understand this is the best situation. And you think about the thing about him is he is revered in that locker room and uh, is a captain. So I, I think that Stefan Diggs is, is like way down on their list of issues right now. There's always different levels of intrigue in the game within the game. How intrigued are you by? Pat Sertan and Stefan Diggs on Monday night. It's a great matchup. I mean, I wrote a column a couple weeks ago that the, the Bills should make a play for Sertan because uh, they need a corner and they need somebody with term left on their contract. Got a lot of chuckles, but people read it. That's the point. Um, <laughs> well, no. wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did you just let everybody out there see the little man behind the curtain and the little man's name is clickbait? Well, it's 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 generating interest. Right. Well, that's right. A, well, that's just another term. Well for done. It. And and by the way, you're not a clickbait guy. You're not a hot take guy. So I say that as a compliment. But the way you presented it, that was interesting. I, I'm not putting words in your mouth. You just said it generated interest. That's all I'm it was saying. A, it was a it was a lukewarm take because it made <laughs> sense for both teams. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, yeah, why, why would it make any sense for the Broncos to trade pass or team? Because they need bodies, they need first-round draft picks. Okay, and that and and because they've been too busy trading them for a while. So, um, so but to Bruce's question, you know, uh, Pat versus Pat versus Diggs is obviously a good matchup. Um, they move Diggs all over the place, so that'll be up to the Broncos to figure out what they want to do. You know, if you flip it, this should be a Javante Williams twenty-five carry game. 
coming off the bye. Uh, the Bills have not found an answer for Matt Milano's injury at outside linebacker to the point where they're mostly playing dime in some circumstances. Well, that leaves you open to a run game, which they haven't been able to stop. So uh, I Pat versus Diggs, and then on the other side, a big game for Javante Williams. Hmm. Do you feel more strongly about the Bills getting their act together on Monday night, or do you look at the Broncos with the way the Bills are playing and you see another Bills loss? Um, I'd probably say the Bills answer answer the call of desperation and, and win. I, I, I sure as hell am not going to pick them to cover against anybody until proven otherwise. I've made that mistake enough times in the last month and a half. But I do think the Bills playing at home where they're undefeated this year, they'll have the crowd on their side. It'll be a loud crowd. It'll be the weather's not going to be a factor. So um, I do think uh, they're going to overcorrect probably. So I think they're going to play a little bit more up-tempo, which worked against Tampa for a half two weeks ago, and, and try and get a lead against the Broncos and try and make Denver one-dimensional. Right. Hey, Ryan, really appreciate your time. Enjoy your work in the uh, Buffalo News, and um, we'll, t- we'll catch up soon. Thanks, Ryan. All right, fellas. Take appreciate care, guys. It. Ryan O'Halloran uh, covers the Bills for the Buffalo News. Coming up after the break, A.J. Brown, Gave quite a compliment to Pat Sertan, having never playing, ever having never played against him. What did he say? That's next. Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive. Goodman and Hurdle. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman. Next week, Roller Auctions is having five auctions with over 3,000 items, including electric bikes, hardwood flooring, contracting tools, police evidence, and much more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Roller Auctions. Get what you want at the price you want. Go to rollerauction.com slash MHS and they'll send you notifications on their latest auctions. A.J. Brown was asked who is the best cornerback in the league. He said, Pat Sertan, best in the league. Then he added, I don't even know who's second. High praise considering Brown has never played against Sertan. Um, Is this Sertan's reputation as much as anything else when Brown has never played against them? Yeah, I think it probably is. Although game recognizes game, I, I I think that is that is clear. I do think that these guys pay, especially technicians, guys that really work on their craft, pay attention to other guys. Um, I can't imagine AJ Brown would just fire from the hip with a statement like that because maybe other guys feel the same way. There's some truth in his recognition, uh, at least for him. So 
And it's just more high praise for a guy that never seems to be affected by it. It is always about, I've got room for improvement. I've got ways to go. I've got things, I've got things to get better at, um, which is so refreshing about Pat Sertan, uh, the second. And so it doesn't surprise me that, that guys just kind of universally regard Pat Sertan as the best in the league. I don't want to take a hard right turn here because we really don't have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pat Sertan might finish as the second best defensive player in Broncos history. Could. I'm not saying that he will. He's got to overcome Champ Bailey, who was the first ballot Hall of Famer. And that's tough to overcome. But when I look at all the athletes in Denver sports history, and yes, I'm including John Elway. To me, John Elway isn't necessarily the greatest Broncos player of all time. He is the most important. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the Avalanche, Sackick, McKinnon, Patrick Waugh, Peter Forsberg. McCarr, maybe, by the time he's McCarr. done. Who knows, oh. right? Okay. Sure. Okay, you know what? Maybe we'll save this for tomorrow, but let's give it a quick tease. Most people would consider McCarr a top three player in this league. He's, when, a, he's about to become the Avs' all-time leading defensive scorer yeah. in three years or whatever the heck it is. Is Nikola Jokic the greatest team sport player in the history of this city? Elway's got those two championships. His last one, like Peyton's, was a mic drop. And he's given us two of the most indelible championship football moments. Well, certainly in one in the drive that cannot be denied. But yeah, I mean, Jokic is 28 years old and he, and we're already having this conversation. Think about that. I mean, and, and, and we don't blush having it. It's like, mm, yeah, if you're going to have that conversation, those are the two guys you probably start with. And maybe Jokic is ahead. Maybe he is to that point. Don't know. I mean, I, my, my observations on Elway were always from afar. I will say this, John Elway was my favorite NFL quarterback. It's not about who's your favorite. No, I know. But I'm saying, I know it's not about that. I'm just making, I'm just giving you a little context in the way that I followed Elway because I liked him so much, not because necessarily what he did in the NFL, because what I saw him do to Oklahoma (laughs) at Owen Field with my own eyes as a about 18 point underdog in a game. He literally beat a nationally ranked top five Oklahoma team by himself. And from that day forward, John Elway was always the guy that I paid attention to. But I don't know. I wasn't around. I I know now what his legacy is all these years later. You still feel it. It's very strong. Yeah. Jokic is going to finish as a top 10 player of all time. Or or better. Mm -hmm. And there isn't a Bronco, an Av, or a Rocky that will be able to claim that. No. Plain and simple, right? Yep. Plain and simple. Yep. What do we have coming up on just in case you missed it? The CU Buffs will be upgrading their video board at Folsom Field. And what did Robert Sala say about sack totals in the NFL? That's next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on My Life Sports.
Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at mylifesports.com. Reach us, Roller Auctions Twitter feed. At Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman, next week, Roller Auctions is having five auctions, over 3,000 items, including electric bikes, hardwood flooring, contracting tools, police evidence, and more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Uh, We were talking about during the break, and sometimes the most interesting conversations we have are the ones during the break. Uh, Jamal Murray's due for a new contract, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he can get a max deal if he makes an all-NBA team, right? Gonna be tough doing that. Yep. Because of injury. And oh, by the way, making his first all star team, we don't know when he's coming back. He's averaging sixteen points and seven re- and seven assists a game. I don't know if he makes it to an all star game either. Yeah, you wonder how much championship cachet follows him from last year. Dame Lillard moving conferences helps. Helps. Yeah, you take a guy out of the equation. I don't know. It'd be interesting. You you can make the case financially. The best thing that can happen in the Nuggets is Jamal Murray misses 18 games because I believe to make an all NBA team, you have to play at least 65 games. Well, these are the things that they have to worry about. Think about how much money they're going to save. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Although Jam- you got to take care of them, Jamal. I mean. You don't look to- Calvin Booth coming down. <laughs> Jamal, you don't look totally healthy. Why don't you stay out oh two more God. games? Yeah, we just go. need you to stay out two more let's games. Let's not do that, okay? Time now for the final word. God. The final word <laughs> is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. <laughs> Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Jamal Murray has already missed two games. There are 12 more games in November. That's 14. Yeah. I mean, that could put him in. That means he would be playing in a maximum, as of right now, if he misses all November, 66 games. Yeah. Crazy, right? Let me count yeah. that again. One, two, good radio. One, two, well, three, I mean, you know, math never is good radio. Ten, Especially no, when you can't no, figure no. it out. He will have missed 12 games if he doesn't play all okay. of November, which puts him at 68 games. Yeah. That means he can only miss three, three more. more. Yeah, that's crazy. All right, just in case you missed it, uh, a day after the Broncos announced their new practice facility, the Colorado Buffalo say that a new video board, more than five times the size of the current one, will be built on the south uh, south end of the stadium in time for the 2024 football season at Folsom Field. Uh, the cost will be approximately $15 million, and the board will go from being one of the smallest in, uh, in the Power Five conferences to above the national average of all schools within those conferences. Uh, you like the Buffs enhancing the game day experience with the new video board? Yes, and it, we live in a day and age that those types of things are important. It is a, when you are in that stadium, which is a fantastic facility and place to watch college football, it is the one thing that you notice that is like, 
what is that dinky little thing that they've got there? Makes absolutely no sense. It sticks out the wrong way. Good on them. $15 million investment into enhancing the feel of the game time experience. Folsom Field, I'm all for it. You'll get a much better view of Shador Sanders getting sacked. Oh, That'll be nice. Stop it. Five times. You get you get that five times of him running for his life. Talk about that maybe a little tomorrow. Arizona, that's another team that... I, I, three teams. They have beaten three ranked teams in a row. Arizona's good. Right. Playing as well as anyone right now in the Pac-12. Well, the, the way the Buffs are looking right now, Arizona has beaten three ranked teams in a row, and they have an opportunity on Saturday to beat a team that is ranked. Oh. You're on a roll. Are right they not? Now. Are they not? Not very good right now. No, You're... defensively they're a little bit better. Good on them. Yeah. Offensively, fifty-two yards in the first half. Mm. The Pat Shermer genius. Mm. Keep working on throwing incomplete passes. It'll get there. <laughs> or don't score in the first half. Because not every team scores in the first half. <laughs> it just doesn't happen all the time. Or you get fifty-two yards, Pat. Yeah. Okay. It's Pat. All right, just in case you missed it, Jets head coach Robert Sala said sacks are a very overrated stat. As he noted, their star defensive tackle, Quinnen Williams, has half a sack this season but says that doesn't matter. Unfortunately, we live in a society where sack production is the measure of how good a player is, and it is not even close. Uh, in your opinion, are sacks an overrated stat? Probably. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's a neat little stat that's a highlight-induced statistic you know uh, metric rather how do you do defending the run how do you set the edge there are plenty of other things that are far more that are more as important or more important but let's not let's not just brush it aside getting to the quarterback is still a pretty good key component to a defense you want but you want to be able to do all of the other things as well would you rather have a guy, I'm just throwing numbers off the top of my head. Sure. A guy who has 10 sacks and 45 pressures and hurries, or would you rather have a guy have 18 sacks and 12 more hurries and Oh, I, the first, and it's not even close. Yes. Because, not even close. Yes. A sack ends a play, and it could end in a fumble. Right. Okay? But a hurry will... A sack will never end in an interception. Right. But a hurry can yes. and will and lead to an incomplete pass and can stall drives. Without question. A sack ends the play. Yeah. But the hurries could easily Alter end drive. Alter a play. Absolutely. Always. Alter a series. Yes. All right, just in case you missed it, baseball mega agent Scott Boris said he wants the World Series moved to a neutral site and the amateur draft moved away from all, from the All-Star Week. Seems like taking the World Series out of a usually you know incredible atmosphere is a bad idea to me. What do you think? I, I agree with you. I, I, don't, don't mess with the World Series, I, please. I, I mean, come on. A neutral field, uh, you know, just to get a little warmth and, you know... I, I don't care. If you want to move it earlier in the season, play less games. Oh, you'll never do that because of profit margins. Never mind. But I, I the, the idea of playing the World Series on a neutral field to me is ridiculous. It takes away the whole thing about one community against the next and, and 
my God, what it, what is a baseball fan? Do you wait for after 162 or 172 games? You get to travel. My God, you get to you get the opportunity to buy an airline ticket and you know pay for a hotel. I have no. You want it at home. You want it at home, and you're not going to get the same at. And there's no home field advantage. So what are you working all year for? Yeah. So what? Yeah. I mean that. I mean as a fan, that would just really piss me off. Yeah. That was Argonaut Wine and Liquor. Just in case you missed it right now. Sparkling wines and all box wines are 15% off. Uh, sounds pretty good to me. They always have great specials at Argonaut. A great selection. People who are totally helpful. They can do food and wine pairings. They could do food and beer pairings. Their customer service is fantastic. I love the little gourmet snacks that they have mm-hmm. there all the time. Go check them out off of Colfax or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Or you can order on their app. And that is going to do it for us. By the way, see why Westward calls Argonaut, the best liquor store in Denver, five years running. Alex and Nigel, great job today. Same with you, Bruce. Can't believe tomorrow's Friday. Make the best possible day you can.